This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. everyone welcome back to the moon underwater i am your landlord john robbins he is your regular the lovely robin allender and we are guiding through chess slattery as she creates her dream pub chess works for neptune brewery uh, but is also a beer sommelier a chicharone and has worked for uh, five points as well so her knowledge of the beer industry is is vast and wide and varied and so far in Chess's Dream Pub, we have Oakham Citra and Five Points Best, served with a sparkler on draft. We have Framingham Classic Riesling and Augustina Hellas Lager Beer in the bottles and the cans. But before we head back to that fantasy tavern, we have the small matter of a very condiment-heavy Moon Underwater Pub quiz. Robin... Thanks, John. Yes, this week's Moon Underwater pub quiz was all about condiments. Question one. The label of which sauce bottle proclaims that it is made on Avery Island, Louisiana, US of Stateside? Chess, what are you saying? No, I don't know. I am i don't even want to say my answer because it's so not right. Go on, give it a go. No. If you want. No. Do you know okay, what? It's, fine. It's yeah, so, don't... Do you know what? I, it, it's, this is, it's too embarrassing what I've said because I've just realised it's a British company and it's it's just not... No. I don't know. I'm genuinely baffled. I wondered whether it might be something to do with bourbon, but I don't know of any condiments that are related to bourbon. Mm, interesting. Because it's... Because it's... Louis, no, that's Kentucky, isn't it? Oh, do you know what? Don't know anything apart from beer. <laughs> I only know about beer. Carry on. Sorry. Sure. John? It's our old friend Tabasco. It is Tabasco. And it's also the t- title of the first Neutral Milk Hotel album. It is, yeah. Which I often wonder, does that have anything to do with... Was that because of Tabasco? I think sorts it is, yeah. like it. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. It's underrated as well, that album. Um, question two. What does the HP and HP source stand for? Chess. I believe, originally, I don't know if it does now, I thought it stood for Houses of Parliament. Interesting. John? I have also got Houses of Parliament, but I think that might be... 
have been debunked because it does have mm. a picture of the Houses of Parliament on the label. Well, according to my research, which took about 30 to 40 seconds, it is Houses of Parliament. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, it does have the picture on the, on the label. Uh, question three, what kind of sauce is mayonnaise? Uh, kind of looking for a scientific technical term. Chess, what do you think? Is it emulsion? <laughs> Chess is saying emulsion. John, what are you saying? I am going to kick myself when I hear the answer, but I don't know. Don't know. It is emulsion. Oh, yeah. well done. That's very that's emotional. Emulsional. It's very emotional. Yeah, an emulsion is a mixture of two elements that can't normally be combined, such as egg yolks and oil. Uh, but when the oil is slowly whisked, the two liquids form a stable emulsion that won't separate. So there we go. So what's the difference between a um, a mixture and a solution? Because that always gets me. A mixture and a solution. Yeah, which is why it's why when you mix instant coffee with milk and then add the hot water, it's different. It tastes different to adding hot water to instant coffee and then milk. Yeah, that's a really good point, and I don't know. Is that not is that not to do with not scorching the the coffee granules with the hot milk with the hot water? So you've actually you've you're putting the heat on top of a of a as you say a mixture. So instead of because you're not supposed to use boiling water to make coffee, you're supposed to boil it and then let it get down to about eighty. I'm not an expert, but like that might that's be probably it. very true. I think there's also a scientific difference between the qualities of two things that have been mixed into a solution than just mixed, but I don't under... I mean, I'm so far outside of my comfort zone here. We should do a scientific podcast just called Guesswork, <laughs> where we just guess things. <laughs> That'd be good. But anyway, that was two points apiece, though, so, so a draw it's there. A, for, it's an honourable draw. Hey, well, in my defence, I've never had Tabasco, so... Oh. Never had Tabasco? I struggle with spicy food. But but like Fizz, I have I'm building myself up, but I know Tabasco would be way too much of a leap. I would I would say it's a it's what you add it to. Do you like poached eggs? I do. I would just a couple of dashes, a little grate of parmesan, a pinch of Malden salt and a crack of pepper. Oh, Maybe some parsley chopped up real nice. Sorry, have I just stepped into another podcast where certain <laughs> yeah. people pick their favourite? Yeah, things John has Tabasco on. Pizza without Tabasco is like, you know, like fish without without chips. Can I just ask genuinely, what is Tabasco? Is it a tomato-based thing because it's red? Or is it is that chilli? Is that the chilli? It's a, it's a chilli sauce. It's just sort of chilies. I would imagine chilli, salt and vinegar in some mixture. But they they're... I think it's actually they're made from Tabasco peppers. I think that's where the name comes from. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, this used to be the girl who didn't I used to not be able to eat korma. So <laughs> right. just just give you just give you a sense of where we are these days. You've got to ease yourself in, start with mustard and then accelerate. I've got two types of mustard in my fridge right now, so there you go. Chess, before we come to your uh, next choice, let's talk a little bit about what you would want this pub to look like because you must have seen so many different sorts of pubs, but also in different cities because you spent time in Dublin, Norwich, Manchester, London. What are some of the pubs forming your your visions? So the one that absolutely sticks with me the most is starting with Norwich where I grew up is the Fat Cat. So a lot of people who don't even, you know, haven't even been to it will know of the Fat Cat because it's one of those rare 
pubs that has won pub of the year, the camera pub of the year, three times in a row. Or three times, sorry, in total, um, which is quite rare. Bear in mind, you're judging across all pubs across the UK. Now, the Fat Cat is like in a residential area on the outskirts of Norwich. I'm not from Norwich City. I'm from uh, a part just outside. And this is that thing where you just don't realise what you've got because me and my pals who are all beer lovers, which is why we headed to the Fat Cat because it's renowned for its beers, we thought all pubs were that good. We just thought that's what pubs were. Um, and it's it's a typical, it's a corner corner street boozer, as I said, surrounded by, by residential area. You can walk into Norwich from there, but it, is, it, is, it isn't on the way anywhere. So you have to be going there. And it's... Um, what I love about pubs is when they're a little bit um, nook and cranny, higgledy-piggledy, but there's still a central heart to it. So when you walk in the door, there is the bar and there's bar stalls and there's the tables immediately around the bar. So you've got that buzz, but also it's got a little side room and there's there's little sort of areas you can plonk yourself. You can sit up, you can sit down. So the Fat Cat is just an incredible pub and and now there's there's three um variations of a fat cat in in, in norwich there's a fat cat brewery tap and then there's um the uh, fat cat and canary which as you can probably guess is by the football ground um but you asked about ireland as well and uh, i lived in ireland in dublin for four years and um the, the pub culture over there was actually more different than i was expecting to, to the uk there's so many similarities there's loads of shared culture around around the pub and loads of things are the same but what I really love about Irish pubs is I think everyone's just got everyone's just got the time because a lot of them are drinking Guinness and it just takes you you have to be damn patient. And I think that just means that people are very they're not like, oh bartender, bartender, give me this beer or whatever else. Sometimes that can happen frenetically in, in, in some establishments here. But I think they're is like the phrase beer is time hoving into view again. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite. I loved um my dad went to uh, Dingle, I think, in the seventies, and they went. They, they were they were there for about a week. I went to the same pub every night, and on the second night, the barman goes pint of Guinness, and on the third night, he goes pint of, and then the fourth night, he goes pint, and on the fifth night, he just goes p. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just raises, and then he just raises his eyebrows and, yeah. and nods. Yeah, but they, but it's just about that, like um, remembering, isn't it? Remembering who you are and kind of yeah. Just making a, yeah, making that kind of effort with people, I think, that, you know. The thing that's different in Ireland that really struck me, and this is a thing I need to have a home about how I enjoy the pub, is I am a sucker and I love daytime drinking. <laughs> I, as soon as that, I'm, I'm scratching at the door. I'm like, it's, it's one minute past 12, can you let me in? Like, literally, I was on, recently on a trip to Belfast and our, me and my friends were outside waiting for them to unlock the gates of the crown. Whoa. The, the, the crown. crown. The crown. Just so we could just so we could get in there. Um, and so, genuinely, me and my closest friends, funny enough, to, two closest friends from Norwich, we've all left and moved to different places. When we were all living in and around London, we used to just book it in the calendar every year, at least once, maybe twice if we could, that we'd all take a Friday off and just go drinking. Because there's something marvellous about being in a pub surrounded by loads of people who are all still at work. And you're there and you're like, pints, 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 or half, 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 halves. And, and you should have been in a meeting that day. Or you, in theory, if you've been at work, you knew that this was the day that you'd have to write this report or go to that meeting. And there's something beautiful and naughty about Daytime drinking, yeah. And so I want that. That is the feeling I want in my pub at all times. And it will be a prerequisite that I feel a little bit naughty 
and that this is a treat and everyone else is a mug. You know, it's just that that's what it feels like. So I'm, I'm big into my daytime drinking and I need that feeling at all times. Well, speaking of daytime drinking, what are your two spirits? Well. All liqueurs. So um, I uh, was recommended this by my very good friend, Wayne, um, who is massively into his beer uh, in Ireland, um, known as the Irish beer snob, somewhat ironically, but you cannot be Irish and not also know and love a lot about whiskey. And whiskey has often been my my spirit of choice beforehand. I didn't know lots about it, but I do really love the accessibility and the smoothness of Irish whiskey. So I've gone for, by his recommendation, and I've had it a few times, um, and it's the Redbreast 12 years. So my understanding is, this is how little I know about whiskey. I believe it's Jameson's Redbreast 12 years. Ooh. Look that up in my mind. It's interesting, Irish whiskey. I mean, Irish Ireland used to produce more whiskey than Scotland, uh, but the, the, for whatever reason, it, the industry really fell off, and obviously Scotland took over. But it's it's kind of coming back now. I it think def- maybe this is the century for Irish whiskey. Very fitting because your bottle of Redbreast has a little picture of a robin on it. Hello, for Robin and for I. Yeah. So Robin, maybe we should get a bottle of Redbreast. I will. I shall. I, I honestly, I can't recommend it strongly enough. It's 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 become not only um, a treat for me to enjoy, and I actually feel like someone needs to buy it for me, so that it feels like the treat that it is. And that was how it was first presented to me. As I say, my friend Wayne just put it down for me and said, "You will love this," because he knew that I would that I liked whiskey. I just really didn't have a lot of knowledge about it, and it's such a rare thing for me to drink in a pub because. I worry it's going to tip me over too much because I drink mine neat. And obviously you would drink that neat anyway, maybe with a splash of water potentially to open up the flavours. But, but you know, the, the pint with the whiskey chaser is a big thing in Ireland. And that, that's, uh, for me, sometimes I'm like, that'll send me west. You know, it's just too much. But, so I want to be presented with it at some point, definitely towards the end of the evening, uh, uh, and to say, do you know what? Yes, you've picked my mood correctly. Yes, I will have that glass of red breast. And I think the reason it's so accessible is, as I say, I find Irish whiskey particularly smooth, um, which is which is just lovely and you can sip and enjoy it. Um, but the couple of times I've had it, it's also to do with the, the, the situation. So I've listened to jazz in a really lovely um, pub where usually I would drink beer, but it just... I just kept looking at my glass and I was like, that's not what I want right now. And whether I'm influenced by Hollywood or Mad Men or something, I don't know, but I was like... I, this calls for whiskey and and it, it's very smooth because obviously it being 12 means 12 years old means that it is smoother and I believe uh, if my research is correct that it's actually matured in a combination of American oak bourbon barrels and Spanish oak Oloroso sherry butts. Yes indeed it is and in my mind there's a website called Master of Malt which is a really good website that's in my mind and uh, it's got 123 reviews and it's averaging four and a half stars. And it can be quite a, there's quite a lot of whiskey experts on that website getting their whiskies. So that that's a that's a uh, seal of approval. I used to like having a whiskey chaser and a beer. But, uh, what was your beer? What would you what? I mean, um, I like I like Guinness and Highland Park. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And I and I sometimes with a with a lager as well, but but Guinness I think and a, and a whiskey is a really nice combination. Definitely, yeah, it is classic, and I I drank plenty of and enjoyed plenty of Guinness while I was in Ireland as well, and that just tops it off for the night. Uh, so, what's your second choice? So, my second choice is that I assume and hope that the other ingredients are in uh, my pub to make what I wish. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. So basically, I'm not even going to give you a specific. I'm going to let the pub do its thing and give me the best example of this. But I would like some golden spiced rum. Oh. As I I don't even have the specifics. What I will tell you is if it could be the golden spiced rum of the very first time I had an espresso martini that was made with golden spiced rum instead of vodka. Oh, wow. At Powder Keg Diplomacy, which I believe sadly doesn't exist anymore, in Clapham, in London, then that is the golden spiced rum that I want. Because I was chatting to the bartender, I went, I'm such a beer girl, and I'm here with friends, and, and they're all drinking cocktails, and actually, I do like a cocktail, but I'm just so basic, it's espresso martini, which just feels like a coffee to me. And he said, yeah, but have you had it with golden spiced rum? And I said, hello. Make that for me, please, kind sir. That sounds delicious. Do you know why it works? And I've converted a lot of people to this, is that what does vodka bring to the party? Right. Apart from alcohol. Yeah, yeah. In that, in that, in an espresso martini, what does it bring? Whereas the coffee and its interaction with the, obviously the molasses and the sweetness of the rum anyway, but it's not, it's golden rum as opposed to dark rum, so you're not having two similar sort of flavour profiles clashing. And then that gentle spice, it just, it was, it absolutely blew my mind. And it also made me drink my espresso martini a lot slower than I usually do when it's with vodka, because I'm like, oh, I can't even taste the booze in this. Back you go, kind of. <laughs> I really like spiced rum. I mean, was, there's a lovely one. Is it golden, golden green? Green Island Spiced Gold. That's a beautiful one. Absolutely a beautiful. I mean, you can go, you can get to the point where they get a bit alco poppy, really, can't you? Like with the Sailor Jerry's and things like that. But so, would you would you think that the one that you just said would go into a well-made espresso martini? Yeah, definitely. But but I like Morgan Spiced as well. I think Morgan Spiced is nice. But I am on the cusp of finding out what that exact. Are you really? Yeah, I am. God, your I've... mind's good. Yeah, your mind is incredible. Because as I say, I think that place sadly might not exist anymore. But um... well, in my mind, I have found the uh, cocktail menu from the uh, powder keg diplomacy. Great, great place. It was it, it was great because it was good for beer and for this stuff, as well as the food being lovely. Really, yeah, it was especially living out west. It was nice to have something like that on offer. So. I, I have found the rum that it was. You're gonna, it, I'm, I'm gonna hear it's like dreadful now or something. Go no, on. no, no. So in the espresso martini at the now closed powder keg diplomacy, and this is probably one of the great feats of of my mind. Uh, it's called rum bullion, and it looks really good. Rum bullion. It's a beautiful bottle which looks like a sort of, it's like a sort of parchment with. Uh, Black wax pouring down the side. It's absolutely gorgeous image. Uh, and it's about 32 quid a bottle. Um, oh, that's not a lot, is it? I don't really buy spirits. That's reasonable. Oh, no, that, that's, a, that's a premium spirit. But it's just the most gorgeous bottle I've, I've ever seen. However, I should say that Powder Keg Diplomacy had an awful lot of rums knocking around. Uh, but that's the only spiced one mentioned on their cocktail menu. Wow, well done. That is beautiful. And really, it looks very, um, it looks like it's from another century, another era. Yeah. It's, um, ah, thank you. So, should we go for that one? Should we go for yes, rum please. bullion? Yes, please. Rum bullion. It sounds fun to say as well. So yes, that's... it does. For an espresso martini served with rum or oh, dangerous combo. 
<laughs> Wake up doing press ups in the gutter. That's an, that's an old joke from a comedian Ian Cognito where he goes, uh, Like them vodka Red Bulls. How few of them woke up doing press ups in the gutter? <laughs> I love that. I love that you attribute who did the original joke. That's very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Jameson Redbreast, 12 year old, and we've got Rumbullion Spiced Rum for an espresso martini. But it's time to expand the broad horizons of our minds. I've proved that my mind has no limit. Uh, but, uh, Robin, you must take over now to add something to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Welcome to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. Yes, and this week in the Pub Library, it's Fungus the Bogeyman by Raymond Briggs which is just one of my favourite books or, or comics or graphic novels, I suppose you could call it. Um, it's so funny and very dark and quite sophisticated for kids. Um, Andrew Mayo was on Backlisted quite recently where they discussed fun- Fungus the Bogeyman and he called it The Anatomy of Melancholy for Kids, which is great. I reread it recently when I was going through some old stuff and it just it feels so... Like extraordinary fresh and which is an odd word considering a lot of the subject matter, but it's really it's really zingy and and funny and and yeah, like you say, very quite depressing. It's depressing, yeah. But so, but in Fungus the Bogeyman, Fungus on his way home goes into an an out, which is the 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 equivalent of an in. Quite clever, because everything's kind of the wrong way around. It's called the King Bogeyus. <laughs> This isn't out. So this is a bit of um, di- a bit of dialogue uh, here in the out, the, the King Bogeus with uh, Fungus and Festa. On his way home, Fungus calls at an out for a drink. Wallow, the aubergine, or innkeeper, is without. Hello, Wallow. Hello, Fungus. Fungus enters the Caligneus bar. Hello, Festa. Hello, Fungus. What will you have, Fest? I'll have a half of... <laughs> I'll have a half of green, thanks, Fungs. Slime's really good tonight. Smells a treat, really thick and clotted. Glug, glug. Hello, saliva. Two halves of green, please. A packet of soggies, which is crisps. <laughs> and a plug of baccalaureate, which is, which is bogey-chewing tobacco, made from French laurel leaves. Mmm, glug, glug. Thanks, saliva. Have one yourself. Glug, glug. Thanks, Fungus. I'll have a Coca-Cola with you. You seem a bit fed up, Fungus. Mm, well, Glug Glug, sometimes I wonder what it's all about. What well, what's about, Glug Glug? Oh, it's nice the way the slime slips down. <laughs> <laughs> Us, what are we for? For? Yes. Why are, why are you a bogeyman? Why am I? Well, what else would I be? You might be a dry cleaner. Dry cleaner's what they call the humans. What? Me? Not likely. Catch me up there, all hot and dry, stinking flowers everywhere, light, warmth, sun, no fear. But if you were a DC, you'd like all that. Yes, but I'm not. I'm a bogey and proud of it. But what are we pestering and frightening them for? For? Why ask what for? You might as well ask what slime's for, glug, glug, glug. Come on and have have another and forget it. So after another half of slime, Fungus bids his companions boy-bye and bobbles his way through the mire to the public liberality. (laughs) Oh, lovely. (laughs) 
It's very like quite existential, yeah. isn't it? Quite deep. But a good pub conversation as well. It's a great pub conv and a great addition to the Moon Underwater Pub Library. And it also gives something for the kids to read when they're here. So, Fungus the Bogeyman by Raymond Briggs is added to uh, the Moon Underwater Pub Library. But we also have a jukebox here, Chess, and we need you to add your favourite pub soundtrack to it. So, I found this very difficult because I do love music in a pub as long as it's at the correct level. <laughs> love a jukebox as well, love the variety. But basically, coming back to my love of daytime drinking feeling like the world is still turning around you and you're in where you are with your friends or with your pint glass as your friend. And what is the thing that I want mood-wise, especially because I, I love I love English pubs. They're just such a great atmosphere. And I was thinking, okay, so what's chilled? What's going to set the tone? What's very kind of of the moment? And so I love the kinks. And I think the kinks belong on the soundtrack, in the background, of any pub going. What I love about the Kinks is, is as well as the fact that they do the most amazing melodies and, and 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 riffs and all that kind of stuff, is I can hear the lyrics. I can hear everything that Ray or Dave Davis is saying. And I, I love a sing-along. So therefore, I actually don't have to sort of embarrass myself with people, which I've often done, miss uh, singing lyrics and so on. But also a great pub pub band with Muswell Hillbillies. Do you know the cover of Muswell Hillbillies? This is a picture of them in the Archway Tavern, I think, in Muswell Hill. But it's just still there. But uh, so big Kinks kind of tourist spot. Oh, I'm going to look that up because I think I, t- to me, there's also the Kinks were a big soundtrack to my childhood, and I loved it. So, so hence, like, what's the album though? And there are some obvious, obviously great albums. But I'm going to do something which I'm sure a lot of music enthusiasts are going to absolutely rail against. But I'm picking a Greatest Hits album. Absolutely fine. 100% for the kinks. Great. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, now, you could, I could, I could bend the rules of the moon on water and say I've actually created the most incredible album that's called Chess's Dream Kinks. Um, but if you shan't allow that, there is a specific greatest, very specific Greatest Hits album that luckily someone has uploaded um, to Spotify. I actually do have the original CD, but um, it's, it's, it's the, that order of the songs, whilst there are a couple of omissions that I would add on, is great. And so it's called The Kinks Greatest Hits. It was um, published by Brilliant, with an exclamation mark, Studios, and it was released on the 28th of the 5th. 1995. I did my research on this because I <laughs> wanted it to be that. If I'm going to have the greatest hits, it needs to be that one. Well, I think I'm right in saying, Rob, they're, they're not really a huge... They're known more for their singles and their albums with the exception of uh, Village Green Preservation Society, which sort of weirdly didn't have... The, the greatest hits don't have any songs off that apart from Days. Yeah, well, Days isn't on Village Green. Is it not? I mean, it's... it's no, I mean it's kind of it's it's really interesting that the, the thirty three and a third book about Village Green Preservation Society is really worth reading. It's written by Andy Miller, who does the backlisted podcast, which I just mentioned. But yeah, it was it was kind of a bit of a flop. Ray Davis changed the track listing around. Um, yeah, I think t- decided to take days off, which was mad. And um, yeah, it was kind of released around the same time as the White Album. So so it's sort of. It felt like other British bands were kind of moving in this different direction. They were kind of almost still on the kind of Sergeant Peppery kind of thing. I think as well, like 
a lot of my friends would be surprised that I haven't picked the Beatles because they are my ultimate band. But again, I love the feeling of the pub being a bit different to home. And whilst I listen to the Kinks at home, of course, the idea that if, I'd like also the feeling to be that when I do sit there and I'm feeling jolly because everyone else is at work and I've taken the day off and maybe at the appropriate time someone presents me with a red breast and everything else, I also want it to all of a sudden come on the jukebox and it's like I'm hearing it for the first time and then I'm like yes and I know that the next I think it's 12 or 14 songs are going to be amazing and do include my three favorite kink songs which are well it 100% are autumn almanac that's 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 just a given and it doesn't have to be autumn to get the feeling for it um dead end street and death of a clown like they 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 are the best and i think the nearest i could find talking about albums their albums and you're saying village green's the only one the next the next one i could find that if it had to be pick a kinks album was um something else because it's got obviously both death of a clown obviously famously waterloo sunset but also um david watts which i would add to my greatest hits so I, it's got two sisters on it as yes. well which is a brilliant song yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I i just feel like I feel like the kinks just suit a pub environment, an English pub environment, daytime drinking. It's just pure kinks. Definitely. And it's one of the, I think there are a couple of bands, maybe Beach Boys is another good example, where the the greatest hits is such an amazing way to see the trajectory of them and how they got more ambitious and more expensive. That's a really nice way of putting it. So I hope that's okay, because I thought that purists would be be a bit... Compilation is very suited to a pub jukebox, I think. Um, So, and... I don't think you've got a better run of hits. If you look at the the Kinks' singles discography, it is unreal how many incredible songs they had back to back to back. Days I remember all my life Days when you can't see wrong from right You took my life But then I knew plushcare.com/weightloss But we have one choice left at chess uh, for your pub, which so far contains Oakham Citra and five points best on draft, Framingham Classic Riesling and Augustina Hellas, Redbreast 12-year-old Irish whiskey and Rum Bullion for an espresso martini without the vodka. Uh, but what's going to be your final choice? Is this my wild card? Yeah, it could be anything. Ah, so it's not uh, a beverage uni. It is an ex- a thing in the pub that I want. Um, so 
I feel like possibly it's uh, I was like, yeah, no one's going to pick this. But actually, you had a, a guest who recently discussed uh, this thing at length. But I, despite loving a traditional pub with lots of character and just, you know, a, a, the conversation is the main thing that you're there for. I bloody love a pub quiz machine. Oh. It was for years was my social life because when we were, my partner and I were like skint, uh, we were like, what, what is our, we can't, we can't go to the theatre, we can't go to travel all the time to head into London. This is when we were living in the, in the home counties. What, what can we do? I mean, love board games. We love pub quizzes. I would definitely have board games in my pub, by the way. What can we do? And, and, to go and play on a, on the it box, it was wasn't it the, the that that type of pub quiz. So you've got the likes of Bullseye and Caesar's Palace and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Almost Impossible to Win. Uh, all those things. Hangman? Are we talking Hangman? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hangman. Yeah. Um, Battleships. Yeah. Not bat- uh, Battleships. Was, that is old school. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I remember that the, there was waves of uh, popularity. Um, the the chase became a new one. Obviously, uh, Deal or No Deal. All that stuff. I just love a pub a, a, a pub quiz machine and I'd like it put away into one of the nooks in my pub so it doesn't ruin the aesthetic and it's obviously silent because they always were anyway there's no like big blurry lights or or whatever ruining it in fact let's put it where where the cigarette machine once would have stood oh, let's yeah. pop it there shall we like pop it pop it over there and it is this is an absolute prerequisite otherwise I'm not having it it needs to come with a bar stool that whilst I can cope with it not having a back it needs to have the little shelfy thing for your foot so that <laughs> so that so that your legs aren't dangling because that, that that the blood rushes out of your thighs and into your ankles before you know it and then you start hitting random answers and thinking why am I losing so it needs to that I, I love sitting on my bar stool I would love to have a cigarette machine in my pub but I think they're illegal now they are. they're not in Ireland that was another that, I was really I couldn't believe it when I saw the cigarette machines over there I was like what yes I'll pay an extra 50p for four less fags yes yeah, but they banned smoking inside pubs before we did but they've still got cigarette machines so I was like it was almost like oh look Look at this like piece of a uh, museum equipment. Oh, Marlboro lights are sold out. Yes, I'll have camel blues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a dream. So yeah, so I, I I just I love it. I love it when I'm sort of uh, on my own or, or on an end. I just love to do it genuinely. My partner and I used to sometimes look at each other in London, in the biggest city in the world where we could do anything and sometimes look at each other and go, should we go to the Montague Pike? And literally from Mile End, just go directly on the central line from our house in Mile End to go and play on the two different quiz machines. Once we'd once we'd worked out that they weren't paying out anymore, yeah, and, paying out. And, and yeah. the the best day, one of the best days of my life was when we moved to Hertfordshire before we lived in London, and we moved to this place called Harpenden. And we it was my birthday, and we walked to this local pub, and it had a quiz machine, and we won twenty eight pounds. What? Twenty eight pounds. And and I said, keep. I said, let's make sure. We collect, don't, don't play it, because we were going to keep playing. I said, don't play it. I want this pub to hear £28 coins coming out of this machine. And I want the photo with £28 coins in my hands, cupped in my hands next to this bad boy. So I I just, it, it, if it wasn't for, for pub quiz machines, our social life would have been even more depressing for many years when we were absolutely brassic. And it seems ironic that to spend money on something like a quiz machine, but we pretty much always broke even and had so much entertainment. Superb choice there of a pub quiz machine as your wild card. Uh, But now we leave our regular listeners to head over to our Patreon-only choice. This is where Chess is going to choose 
her dream pub companion. And if you'd like to be part of the fun, then go to moonunderpod.com, click through to our Patreon page where you can support uh, this ancient tavern for just £6 a month. And also you get advance warning of live tickets. You get an extended ad-free episode and you also get to support us with your love and, crucially, your cash. Uh, So we'll be back to the non-patrons very soon, but right now we head into our special section. Welcome back to all you regulars. Uh, We have had a wonderful conversation about Chess's dream pub companion. A few options in there, but a cracking choice uh, she made in the end. You're barred. But now we we do have to ponder on the negatives of uh, the pub world. What thing are you barring from your dream pub, Chess? So I'm a very optimistic, positive person, but this was a long list. Um, so it took, a, it took a lot to narrow it down. I'm going to, as a caveat, say, obviously, this isn't my answer, but obviously I wish to ban nauseatingly bright lights and disgustingly loud music. So let's just have that as a given. Um, but I I feel like to stay true to brand about where I went with my wild card is I would ban a certain type of behaviour which comes from a certain type of person. And I feel like by banning this behaviour, I'd also cut out a lot of the uh, shite that you can potentially get. Because I feel like if you do this as a person, there's a lot of other shit things you do. So I would ban the person who decides to stand behind you while you're mid-game on the quiz machine and potentially you're just taking a second with your partner to decide, oh, is it C? Actually, could it be B? Let's have a think about should we use one of our lives? And they go, it's it's A, it's definitely A. And because you don't know, actually, maybe the help is useful. This is it. This is the moment. You're going to get the £2 jackpot. You know, it's £2. Come on, man. Like, come on. So you turn around and go, is it A? Oh, do you know that? Like, yes, yeah, A. It's definitely A. And then you hit A and it's wrong and you lose. Always wrong. They're always wrong. Those confident backseat quizzers. I mean, in the college bar, when we had the, it was the, uh, was it the Clute? Guinness Book of Records. Guinness Book of Records uh, quiz machine. If people shouted out and got it wrong, you'd say, only say if you know, but then so many people still shouting out. We changed it to only say if you think you know. Yeah, only say <laughs> if you think. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. I thought I thought eyeballing someone in the eye. By the way, they're usually looming over you without your sort of consent, as it were. Especially because, as I say, I'm sitting on my nice, comfortable bar stool with my little shelf for my feet, and they're usually like right, right there behind your ear and yeah. saying what it is and my my fellow would often be like Joe, we don't know let's just and it got to the stage where genuinely actually there could be the odd occasion where someone could see we're struggling and say oh actually it is it is if you want if you want it is b but i became so cynical it, it made me see oh, i was turning around don't listen to him he's probably another one of them and then we'd still lose <laughs> Not the one another of one of them so i just feel like if you've done two things by doing that first of all you've just come and interrupted the game that I've paid for with the person I'm with doing my own thing I didn't come up to you and say that you're drinking your lager wrong or that you are having a bad conversation or that's not how you play dominoes or anything like that so I find it a really weird bizarre thing because it's such a it's such a I'm looking at the quiz machine and I've decided not to at the moment engage with other other people in the pub it's like someone coming up and taking a shot in your game of pool I wonder where you were going with that. Yes, a shot on your game of pool. Exactly. So I, I, already I don't like you. 
Hurry up, please. It's time. So we are banning people who interrupt your quiz machine, and especially when they get it wrong, from Chess Slattery's Dream Pub, a pub which at this point has no name, uh, but it contains Oakham Citra and Five Points Best on Draft, Framingham Classic Riesling, Augustina Hellas Bottles and Cans. Also, we've got two spirits. We've got Jameson's Redbreast 12-year-old Irish Whiskey and Rumbullion for an Espresso Martini. Chess's wild card is a quiz machine, the It Box. And on the jukebox, we have the Kinks Greatest Hits Brilliant Studios Edition. But what are we going to call this pub? So for ages, I thought a pun is, uh, it works, right? So I was nearly going to call this the Daytime Drink Inn. Um, so I thought that would work. But then I was having a conversation with my, I was testing the audio with my uh, fiance and uh, he actually just said to me, what's your favourite pub in Manchester, where I live? I said, my favourite pub is the Peveril of the Peak, known, mm. known as the Pev. And then I said to him, the re- and it was because I had a jukebox, it has a pool table, it has only four cask beers, but they're always in perfect condition. Staff are friendly, it's a really mixed clientele, but also it's beautiful. And I just said, said to him these words, which was, I'll tell you why I love the Pev, because it's got good vibes and tiles. Good vibes and tiles. Good vibes and good tiles. Vibes. Oh, lovely. So this is the Good vibes and tiles. And you have to say nice. it that way. You can't say, I'm going to the good vibes and tiles. It's got to be the good vibes and tiles. The good vibes and tiles. I love it. Do you like Dr. Duncan's in Liverpool? Uh, I love Dr. Duncan's. I used to drink there when it was pound fifty-seven for a pint <sighs> as a student. And we used to take Thursdays off and sit there and get rounds in, which were f- like whatever that is times three, £5 something. That's got some great tiles. It's got beautiful tiles, and I love them even more now because they buy loads of Neptune. So, you know, absolutely, go down there and drink some beautiful locally made beer. But, yeah, it's a, I heard you talking about that before, and it, it is a beautiful pub. And that, that is exactly the vibe I would I would like. Well, we should, before we let you go back to the other realm, we should let you recommend some Neptune beers. Because you've, I hope they don't listen to this. You've not put any in your dream pub. But what would be some of the uh, what would be some of the beers people can try from Neptune? I was so close to picking our bitter actually, and the reason I didn't is because it is a, an ordinary bitter, which is a lower percentage. And I I I personally urge and sorry lean more towards the best bitter. So that is why Five Points took it in the end. But I definitely recommend uh, our Neptune. It's called Forecast, and the reason it's called that is because. Actually, we change the hops in it. So like the forecast, it is ever-changing. Oh, it, nice. So it's sort of quite mm. seasonal. Yeah, well, what, well, it's not. It's, it's actually very specifically seasonal in that we only showcase an English hop in it in each edition. So it was brewed because, like, everything's been impacted, the whole industry. Well, English hop growers, if they haven't got anyone to sell their hops to, then that becomes a problem. So we wanted to develop something that would showcase uh, English hops, Godiva, Endeavour, Challenger, Bullion, Bramling Cross. I I do think we have the best names for hops. They're hilarious. Um, So our our, uh, forecast bitter, 3.9%, so nearly made it uh, into the pub. Um, That's beautiful and refreshing. We have a beautiful uh, single hopped mosaic beer, which is just called Mosaic. That is one Mm. of our absolute firm favourites that people really enjoy. It's 
we do cask, keg and can, and everything we do is naturally conditioned, which is quite rare for keg and can, which means, in my opinion, we, we, we have the best mouthfeel to really unlock the flavours for the style. Do you have a queen fan amongst you? We have... Now, I know what you're going to say. Uh, we, we have a lot of nautical but slash musical names, because are you referring to Seven Seas of Rye? Yes, I am. That is a gorgeous beer. We only brew that one once a year, and that we've, we're down to the last couple now. But um, we uh, have a huge love of music in the brewery. Now, all our fermenters are named after um, Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> now, I have to be honest with you, I'm the outlier in the brewery because I don't really get Pearl Jam. Yeah, I thought you said they were music fans. Uh, ooh, controversial. <laughs> no, I like Pearl Jam, sorry. I love Nirvana, don't get Pearl Jam. Anyway, that's controversial. But I uh, I genuinely, when I walked in the brewery, I was like, why is the fermenter called Daughter? Why is the fermenter called Oceans? Why is that one called Black? And they were like, the Pearl Jam songs? I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a huge love of music. I mean, we've got Evenflow is our Hellas, which is lagered for eight weeks. So it is delicious, refreshing, full of flavour. Even flow. I mean, that is a good song. That's a belter. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my personal favourite of, um, of of our beers um, is called Agway. Um, A-G-W-E with an accent. And um, Agway is a, a pale ale, and it is a bit of a divide amongst beer lovers because it's a sabro-hopped pale ale and sabro is a bit like uh to equate it to the culinary world it's a bit like um coriander ah. you either love it or you maybe don't um yeah and it's um it is a like it's got an element of a little touch of coconut lots of tropical fruit flavors that beer is just it's divine uh, it is so refreshing it's 4.6 percent that also was on my shortlist um, for my draft. It was, it was, it was a tough one, but I think I, I was looking more back to my roots of what do I like in a pub. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I've known Neptune Brewery for many years before I worked with them. We've been very good friends. It's a husband and wife team that set it up up in uh, North Liverpool, and um, it's, uh, it's 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 nice to work somewhere where you're working with friends, and uh, every day is a joy. So. Well, it's been a joy to chat to you today, Chess. Thank you so much for coming to The Moon Underwater and kitting out the good vibes and tiles. Uh, So as we let you go, you have this pub to take with you wherever you need it the most. But what song from The Kinks' Greatest Hits would you like to play you out? Autumn Almanac, please. Great choice. We thank Chess Slattery. Do check out Neptune Brewery and all those wonderful beers. And we will see you back next week. Bye-bye. From the deer salt hedge creeps a curly cat.